Bible Speaks with Audley McLean. The Bible Speaks is a weekly ministry of Harvest International. Our prayer is that the Bible Speaks will encourage you in your study of God's Word. You will be able to contact Audley at the address given at the end of this broadcast. And now, here's Audley. Well, I trust this finds you rejoicing in the Lord. And if that's not the case, I trust before we are done talking together today, you will find the peace of God and the joy of his abiding presence, even amidst the turmoil around us. Jesus was no stranger to turmoil, nor were his early disciples, nor have been his people throughout the centuries. So, today, I trust you hear his voice saying unto you, Fear not, for I am with you. This is Arlene McLean. Delighted that you're giving me time in your car or in your home or in wherever you are as you're listening. And may God grant you a blessing. We've been looking at the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5. We've been doing several chapters 5 in the New Testament with no particular theological or spiritual intent. Just looking at the messages in the Gospels and in the Epistles of chapter 5. And last week we spent some time in Mark 5, and I had intended to move on, but as I read the story again, I thought there was just too much substance here for me to leave it just as it was. So we're back in Mark 5 today again, and I read several verses from the fifth chapter of Mark chapter 5. So they arrived at the other side of the lake, in the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed with an evil spirit came out from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the burial caves and could no longer be restrained, even with a chain. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him, and bowed low before him. With a shriek he screamed, Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? In the name of God, I beg you, don't Torture me, for Jesus had already said to the spirit, Come out of the man, you evil spirit. I want to stop right there for now and ask you if you have any idea of the power unleashed by the devil that he has at his disposal. The scripture is full of examples of Satan at work. Last week, we spoke a little about that and reminded you and me As believers in Jesus Christ, it doesn't mean he won't attack. He attacks in a variety of ways, as our 
rolling lion, as a wolf in sheep's clothing, he comes. Now, I can't understand all the workings of the evil one. The Bible says he's a prince of the power of the air. He is in control of much in the world's systems. And so, demonic power had completely destroyed this man's life, almost. And I am wondering, and I ask you to wonder with me, as this man came out of the place of the dead, the dwellings among the tombs, the caves in which people were buried, I wonder if somebody had been praying for him. I wonder if he was some godly woman's son or godly father's son. Because it says that he identified Jesus because Jesus saw him and ordered the demons to come out of him. And then he challenges Jesus. He knows who Jesus is, just like many people in our audience today. You've been exposed to the gospel. A godly grandmother, a godly Sunday school teacher, somebody had shared the gospel with you, just like it had been with me. When I was nine or ten, I was sent to a Sunday school. A neighbor actually invited me to the Sunday school, and I went and heard the gospel. And I can clearly remember at about age ten, remaining behind for my Sunday school teacher to point me to Christ. But it was shortly. But as soon as I left the room and met with my friends outside, I remember one boy saying, well, we're going to kick religion out of you. And it was as though it had fallen on a stony place. It didn't grow. And I began to, as a youngster, to seek the ways of the world. It's a long story, but I had wandered far in the caves of darkness, living, as it were, where dead people are, spiritually. And I wonder if I'm talking to some young person who can identify with that. Now, I hadn't the privilege of growing up in a Christian home, but maybe you are a Christian child of, or offspring of Christian parents. And you, maybe you're an adult by now, and you've wandered away from those teachings of the early days. And it may be that you are in that spiritually dark cave, and somehow you know the message of the gospel when you hear it. Well, I wonder if this demon-possessed man had been in that state. But Jesus, knowing that he really wanted release, now I don't know how it happened, but he's Jesus. And if you're willing to reach out to him even in your demented state, if you're high on alcohol or high on drugs or high on in immoral sex, if you're caught in a trap, if you're an abuser of people, whatever your situation is, or maybe you're a crook, a criminal, maybe you're a bank robber, or maybe you're the president of a company, but the darkness, the darkness in your heart is almost dark enough to be fed. Well, it is to you that this message of deliverance comes today. Jesus wants to be the light in your heart and life. He wants to be the joy in the place of the darkness that you're now living through. I talk to people many times who are clearly in darkness. I don't need to see them with my naked my eyes, but as they talk over the phone, their entire life is shrouded with doubt and denial and fear and anxiety and anger. And so, to me, they're like this man who was among the tombs. Well, Jesus wants 
to meet you there. You know, it's interesting. There was another tomb scene where Jesus appeared and made the difference. It was the third day after his crucifixion, and Mary and the others had gone to the tomb where Jesus had been buried, and they were attempting to find him. And the angel messenger said to them, He is not here. He is risen. So let me paint the picture. They were seeking Jesus. They had a heart for Jesus, but they had gone to the wrong place. Now it may be, my friend, that you and your religious aristocracy, your religious embondagement, are seeking Jesus in the things that cannot satisfy. You see, religion doesn't satisfy because religion is my attempt to reach God. But God has sent grace. God has sent mercy. God has sent a package called justice in the person of his son, the Lord Jesus. And just like Mary and the others were at the tomb and the angel said, he's not here, he's risen. Remember how he said to you, I'll rise again. My friend, that same Jesus is after you. He loves you. He's concerned about your terrible state. Now I'm suspecting that somebody listening to me may be in the throes of hell right now. And you're struggling right now. I can remember a young man we had met in prison and he had made a profession of faith in Jesus Christ had come out and was in our halfway house training program. And as a young Christian, a former gang member, he was broke. It was Christmas time. And one of his old buddies came to him with a forty-five revolver and a request that he would go and retrieve some jewelry for which he, this man handing over the gun, and his brother had spent five years in prison. And they had this stashed away. Oh, I remember David very well coming. Tears in his eyes, he said, oh, I don't know what to do. I have their peace, but I can't do it. You see, Jesus, is the, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus had dispelled the darkness in David's life. And I remember him coming to my home, my father, father-in-law and I speaking with him in the living room two days before Christmas. He handed over this revolver to us and we prayed with him, counseled with him. It's a long story. I managed to be able to return the revolver to these two enraged brothers. You see, the light of the Lord Jesus had entered David's life. Now, it may be that you are in a situation like David was. Uh, let me suggest to you that God, by his Holy Spirit, has a deliverance for you. We would love to pray with you. Oh, my friend, would you let God come in? Jesus met this demon-possessed individual. And my friend, if you are outside of the grace of God, you are living among the dead. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Jesus wants to rescue you from a lost eternity. You see, when Adam and Eve turned their back upon God and disobeyed his word, they died spiritually. And each of us subsequently throughout the ages who have come into the world have come spiritually dead and must be made alive. That's what Jesus does. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And I know right now I'm talking to somebody who is being impelled by the Spirit of God to make a commitment to Jesus Christ. If that's you, don't put it off. I want to pray with you. I want to encourage you. Like this demon-possessed guy, he said, what have I to do with the Jesus? God knew that in his heart he wanted this deliverance. He earned, he had yearned rather for this deliverance. Now Jesus was giving it to him. And they found him 
those who knew him after his experience with Jesus. They found him no longer naked and cutting himself with stones, but he was clothed and sitting at the feet of Jesus. In other words, in a position of wanting to learn from Jesus. Next week, I want to talk about what he asked Jesus for and what Jesus' answer was. But in the meantime, may I encourage you to pray with me. Lord Jesus, I'm in the throes of darkness. My world is closing in on me. Sin has conquered me. And I know you died upon the cross to set me free. Today, I embrace you as my Lord and Savior. I ask you to come into my life and to transform me. Drive out all the sin and darkness. Let the light of the glory of your presence flood my life. I surrender all to you as my Savior and Lord. From this day forward and forevermore. Amen. Now, if you pray that prayer with me and meant it, on the authority of God's word, I can tell you, the Bible says you're born again, but that's just the beginning. Salvation begins with that great decision to trust Jesus, abandon yourself to him. But our following Jesus is a process of learning his word, spending time in prayer, attaching yourself to a group of godly, Bible-believing Christians, finding a local church. We'd love to help you do all that if you'd write to us at the address Ed will give you in just a moment. Till next week, this is Audley McLean saying, keep your eyes upon the Lord. Amen. I've wandered far away from God. This program is cared for by listeners who care. Your prayers and financial investment in this ministry helps to keep the good news on the air. We look forward to hearing from you and invite you to write us at Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478. Again, that's Harvest International, Post Office Box 6690, Ocala, Florida, 34478.